Hi, this is Jake Lindbex with the Why I Don't Go to Church podcast. And we are a Christian organization that's trying to figure out why people aren't going to church uh, in the same numbers as they used to. So we're going to interview a number of people um, in a subjective way, analyze some of the data that comes in based on some of the answers and see if we can find some deeper correlations and even some ideas on how we can uh, drive more people to the church. So naturally, when I reach out to people and say, do you want to be part of this podcast? Uh, A lot of them don't want their moms listening in and hearing that uh, they haven't been going to church as much as they should be. So uh, you'll hear fake names, but I think the, the content is still really, really interesting. So without further ado, here's our next episode. Today, the a random name generator uh, spit out a guy Smith with me. A guy, uh, thanks for being the first guest. We really appreciate you uh, taking the time. Thanks for having me on, Jake. Happy to help. Yeah, so guy, I think the first thing we wanted to do is just get a sense of your background, so we can uh, do some comparisons of demographic details, things like that. So, uh, could you just share, you know, your age, uh, you know, city where you currently live? I'm 30 years old and I live in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And what, um, you know, what line of work are you in with general industry? I run the business operations for an architectural firm and offer a lot of strategy in real estate, construction, engineering, and the overall building process. Gotcha. And, and how often would you say that you go to church uh, these days? Admittedly, I probably only are going on major holidays or if there is a wedding ceremony or if, unfortunately, somebody passes away. Gotcha. And as far as, you know, spiritual life in general or studying, how often would you say that you read your Bible or read Christian books or really anything in that space? Uh to be honest with you, not very frequently. I can't tell you the last time I remember I picked up the Bible. I don't. I will read books that have a powerful message. In some cases, they tie that back to God. And other times, it's just more of a powerful message due to somebody's personal story of some sort of trauma they had to overcome in their lives. Gotcha. And... Um... As far as just a little bit back about your, um, you know, your Christian background, uh, did you grow up in the church? What denomination? Could you just share a little bit about your upbringing? Yeah, I grew up in the Roman Catholic Church. I can go to church as early as uh, four years old from my latest memory. My mother would always take me. She was raised Roman Catholic and... We attended the same church that she went to growing up. It was Our Lady of Victory over in Springdale. I went to church from the time that I was old enough to go to the time that I was a about a senior in college. And uh, ever since senior year of college, I had tapered off slightly. And then eventually it went to basically going during the times that I mentioned earlier. So you were weekly prior to the senior year of college? 
or at least yeah i would go every saturday night or sunday morning depending on what was going on with our schedules got it and even with your church attendance down would you still consider yourself a christian that believes in god yes i believe in god i believe in jesus i talk to god every single day in my own way i just haven't been able to find a spiritual connection to god by attending mass in my recent experiences so going off that i mean it, it sounds like there was some type of turning point um you know end of college maybe you're 21 or 22. um i guess the question is was there a turning point was it a gradual change or i mean what's what's been the general reason for your decline in church attendance over the last i guess you know close to 10 years now i think my experience and my story is going to be slightly different than what most people may answer. I had the privilege to attend a study abroad program in, in Rome because I was going to architectural school. And through the program that I attended, we had a pretty intensive course that was really centered around art history, but then tied it back to the church. And essentially that course taught that a lot of the art, sculpture, and architecture that you see to immaculate God and Jesus in the Roman Catholic Church throughout history was really commissioned by several different popes. And most of these commissionings were politically motivated. And when you understand the foundation of why they were doing it, it was really to emulate their, I guess, status as a pope uh rather than celebrate god and obviously all these things celebrated god but really it was interesting to learn how political things were really driven and how much the catholic church influenced the nature of people's lives just through its overall status of power rather than influencing lives through catholicism it's almost like those things were a byproduct of of what the political motivation was for whatever the Pope was uh, trying to, I guess, put on to the people that were living in those areas and throughout the Catholic faith. And this was really evident to me whenever I came back from seeing the behind the scenes tours of the Vatican and learning about all of these different uh, things just through a, a historical perspective that when I started to pay attention to the masses and the rituals that I had been celebrating all of my life in the Catholic Catholic Church, it was evident to me that some of those rituals have been carried on through some of the decisions that were made by these popes three or four hundred years ago. And so I began to question, well, why are we doing this? And to me, a lot of the structure of mass seems to be really forced by man to organize people to pray to God in a certain way. And I think that at least the way that I personally operate, I, I don't want somebody to tell me how I should be talking to God or acting as a good believer in God. And that's ultimately what I think started to cause me to lose interest, to want to attend a mass and speak to God through that form. 
And do you feel, so you had this revelation, you uh, were turned off in some way by some of the things that you had discovered overseas. Um, did you talk to, you know, did you come back and feel comfortable talking to your priest or anyone within your church, your family saying, hey, you know, this really questioning some things about the church. Um, you know, did, did you try to sit down with anyone and talk through some of these issues? You know, uh, when you go through the Catholic faith, you're, you're taught that you should feel guilt whenever you have sins. And then there's a sacrament called reconciliation that you receive prior to communion when you're young. That essentially is a, an opportunity to sit down with a priest and confess all of your sins. And then a blessing is given to absolve you of, of whatever sins you had currently committed up until that point so that your soul and your body could be pure from those. And uh, while I was in the Vatican, I did reconciliation with one of the priests there. And I found it inter interesting that uh, whenever I was there, the blessings that I received and the penance that I had to pay was almost identical to the, the times that I had uh, done that whenever I was younger in my local suburban church. So, you know, while that's not necessarily talking about while I was separating or not attending mass as much, those were my extensive conversations with priests about it, when it come, came to talking about my sins uh, was through reconciliation. When it came to trying to understand the disconnect between the church and what I felt spiritually with God, I did talk to one of the priests who, who ran the college church where I went to school in upstate New York. And the answer was very unfulfilling in the sense that I basically had an answer of, well, this is just the way that it, it's been taught and it's inherited. And I almost felt that, you know, priests who are trained in the modern day are being trained by the Vatican. The Vatican is essentially creating the rules, the rituals, uh, and people just repeat them all throughout the faith. I, I wanted more than that. And to just be told that this is how it's always been done wasn't enough for me. I'm always trying to seek why in life. Why are we doing things this way? Got it. Um, so, I mean, that makes sense on kind of why you, why you turned away. Um, as a result of that experience, you know, of, of having, you know, trying to find some type of answers or make it more personal to you um, and maybe not getting those answers, you know, is, is going back to church, is that something you'd eventually like to do? I know that it's, it's exciting that you've been recently engaged and, you know, you'll probably be starting a family at some point in the near future. Is getting back involved in the church, is that a priority for you or has... Or you kind of like I'm, I'm getting what I'm needing, what I need, um, you know, with my personal conversations day to day. I don't really need to hear. I think there are two ways that really can be answered. One, outside of myself, I feel that humans and people flock back to the church in a time of need, challenge, or trauma. 
when there's a lot going on that are it's really negative to the world and people can't really make sense of it i think that inherently that is a very comfortable place to go to try to rebuild the foundation of who you think you are and i think that if i ever experience some sort of negativity or i guess event in my life where i couldn't even make sense of it myself and and nothing seemed to make sense. I, I feel that maybe I would go back to the church to try to rebuild the foundation that I had had since there is some level of structure and consistency with it. And then on the same token, if I don't have that in my life, I think, I don't think I would go back and seek it myself personally. That said, with me getting married, if it's really important to my spouse to want to go to church, even if I disagree with it, I'll likely do it because it's something that they believe in. Sure, I'll certainly try to uh, offer my point of view, but ultimately, if they don't see it that way, I'm, I'm not going to try to disenchant them from something that they feel is spiritual for them. And I think ultimately, if ever uh, you know, I have children in the future, it is a good foundation to, to take them to and get some level of structure their life and be around other people who are being taught the differences of right or wrong. So that could be an also, also another area where I would go just so that my children could have another level of parenting that's coming from somebody else other than me. I mean, kind of on that, that community feel uh, that you brought up for your kids, you know, if, if someone came to you and said, you know, hey, guy, I had the exact same experience. Uh, my life was kind of turned on its head when I was in college. Uh, I've moved away from the church, but, hey, I, you know, I've, I've reconnected either with, you know, the great Catholic church that I found where they really explain everything really well, or there's this other church that I found. Would you be likely to attend or, or take that person's word or is it you know is it something that you know evangelism from someone else isn't really I think that they would have to present a really strong case that I'm going to be more enlightened by doing that than what I already feel I am and what I've experienced thus far ultimately I am a very skeptical person there were times in my life where i didn't even know if god existed and you know throughout that when you see and reflect on how things have gone throughout life it's very evident that that happens around you all the time and so i think i would be more attracted to going to services or masses where you potentially look at what's happening around you and you begin to pinpoint pieces of evidence or unexplainable events or facts or instances that can be attributed to God and uh, him being around this whole time. So I guess another question is where are you, where are you getting your, your worldview? Where would you say that it's being, how do you, how would you say it's being shaped? It's shaped by people that you're interacting with, it's being shaped by things that you're reading, media that you're watching, articles that you browse, um, just your general 
outlook on the world, where is that coming from? I think it starts with the foundation that I had in the church. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm critical of, of the rituals and the repetitive nature that I've experienced my entire life. But when you're doing that from the time that you're four until you're a senior in college, eventually you're going to get disenchanted with it whenever you have a lot of complex situations and issues happening around you, especially in the modern day. Even in the last five years, culturally, our entire country is upside down and not very much of it is rooted in God. However, if you look at history, our entire country was founded on the principles and the premise of God existing and that we answer to a higher power, not to a government, and therefore we should all be free. And I think that my worldview is being shaped by the foundation of what the church had taught me and by me observing what the world and people are doing all around us every single day and how there seems to be a stark contrast, whether it's through an action or through the way that people speak in the media or the way that even our fellow man acts around us. I talk to God because some of the same people who are going to church and to say that they believe in God engage in behaviors and in conversations that are directly the opposite of what that particular church might be teaching. So for me, why would I want to surround myself with people who essentially say they are believers, but then they act like they are not? And therefore, I feel that I guess over time that I've felt isolated and I just then have my conversations with God because I don't feel like many people are going to be at the same level as me when it comes to what I want to talk about without having some sort of debate about politics or, you know, whether this one move from some other country was right or wrong. It's hard to have a rational conversation anymore with people who don't necessarily base anything off of a solid foundation. This might be a tough question, but not really. But let's say that you, you know, you start working at McKinsey tomorrow. The church, you know, brings you on as a consultant that says, hey, we're, we're struggling with attendance. You know, what are your suggestions on how we, you know, go and, and bring in more people based on what you know about your generation or people that you've talked to? I mean, what are some of those steps that you would take if you were a consultant for a church to make it more you know, a place that people would want to attend more often without, obviously, without changing what, they, what we stand for. I think you have to do a critical assessment of what the church is doing today. And I don't think that that should be denomination specific. I think that even if there is one denomination that's more successful than another, you need to really evaluate what things are working really well for people who attend and what things are really not and uh, try to develop essentially a standard, I guess, baseline of questions that you can ask that's denomination agnostic. And then from there, I would suspect that you would 
then need to get to the root of what it is that people want and crave. I would suspect that if church attendance across the board is declining, there is a fundamental disconnect between what people are seeking and what are fulfilling to, I guess, their spirits and their souls that the church isn't providing. So I don't know if you'll, if you'll ever make any progress to begin to shift that trend until you understand what the gap that disconnect is. Well, so you, you brought up an interesting point about what, what people are craving and, you know, as, as at least I look at the church, I think, you know, there, there's a lot that goes on beyond, beyond Sunday. And sometimes people think of the church as, you know, this is where I go on Sunday. But I think, um, at least in our church, one of the things that we, my, my father-in-law has actually started is what's called a community group where, you know, we, we try to live our Christian lives daily and have, you know, what are you doing basically on Monday through Saturday? And, um, to be a Christian, to evangelize people. So for, as someone that maybe thought of church as, you know, I, I go here every, every Sunday and that's it. Do you think there's something to the church doing a better job on you know, Monday through Saturday to help you with your lives? Maybe just outside of mass in general. Yeah, I do. Uh, that's a really great point. Uh, one of the justifications that I made to uh, peers or family whenever I stop going to the church is, you know, I'm sitting in a room for an hour with a bunch of people repeating the same things that I've repeated the following or the previous week over and over and over again. How about instead of sitting here for an hour repeating the same thing, let's go out and do something that's reflective of the teachings or the scriptures that we're talking about that week. So perhaps the church can try to organize, maybe not on a daily basis, because I don't think it's going to be conducive with schedules. Try to pick some point during the week where you act and you do something that is reflective of what that scripture is essentially teaching. That could be as simple as feeding the hungry. It could be as simple as just doing one random act of kindness or treating somebody in a positive way who's normally mistreated, generally speaking. Those are just some thoughts. No, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I think that's where you know, a lot of churches seem to be recognizing that and trying to, you know, as people get busier and busier in their lives, certainly making Sunday you know, the, the most important day and making it important to attend, but also, you know, how do I, you know, how do we as a church, you know, like you said, go and act on, go and act on what our beliefs are, go and act on what we've learned. So I think those are all really, really good points. Um, and the same people will act that go to church and say that they are the best Christians, Catholics, you know, name your denomination. Those are also the same people who are, can be the rudest and most disingenuous to their fellow man. And so I just don't know where those two things come from and, and how there's such a stark contrast between the way that people will act versus the way that they will convey they act in church and through church. 
Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. Would you say that, and and I've heard this a lot, um, you know, acting one way on Sunday and then, you know, seeing someone else doing something that you wouldn't expect a Christian to do or being rude or being arrogant. If, you know, if, if the body of Christ, which is church, you know, people that are at church with you, if, if people were more truthful, if, you know, they lived out um, kind of what they preach, would that make you more likely to, you know, be part of a church? To tell you the truth, I don't know if it would. I, I mentioned those things because it's something that I experienced and have, has confused me. Generally speaking, the people that I grew up with in, in my own church were all very genuine people. I've only really experienced negativity or conflicting behaviors from what the church was teaching, either from people who were of the same denomination outside of my church or from other denominations. And this just happens in daily life, not necessarily one situation versus another. So I think that even if you had an ideal group of people who did exactly what the church was saying and you had a pastor who you knew thick and thin that they would always adhere to what the Bible was trying to say, I don't think that would change much for me because it would ultimately still be the same group of people saying the same thing harmoniously with cues from somebody like a pastor. I think what might be more attractive to me, and this dawned on me when you were asking this question, is that if there was that I could be around a community of people, but then have some sort of personalized experience within that venue where I can talk to God in my own way, that maybe that would be interesting to me and I would feel much more fulfilled than if I were to just be surrounded by similar-minded people saying the same thing over and over and over again. And can you elaborate a little bit on what that means as far as in your own way? I don't know. Maybe maybe you can personalize it in a way where you can introduce some level of technology or experiences or programming or breakout groups so that maybe, you know, maybe you aren't the only one who feels about a certain topic or an interpretation of the Bible. Maybe there's two or three other people that you can somehow identify with. So instead of trying to force the same thing among an entire mass of people, you have that experience with two or three people that you have that same connection with. So Guy, I think you've been really generous with your time and incredibly honest and I'm very appreciative. So I think just to summarize, I wanna make sure I'm getting this right. But it sounds like, you know, lifelong church attend, attendee until you know, maybe age 22 had an experience overseas where maybe things in the Catholic church, at least to you, seemed to be more man-made or, um, you know, what, what the Pope thought was right. That kind of turned you off a little bit to the church, caused you to not attend regularly, maybe just on Christmas and Easter for the last, you know, eight or ten years. And it sounds like you're looking for a more, you know, what you're looking for an experience in a church where it's more tailored to 
what's going on in your life, not necessarily the um, the repeating of you know whether it's liturgy. It you know th- those things aren't really speaking speaking to you at this moment. Maybe if there was more of a community, um, more events-based programming during the week, you had two or three people to talk through those particular sermons that you're attending and say, how does this apply to my life? What are you guys struggling with? That you know, That's something that could get you back, but you don't necessarily have any plans to jump right back in unless there's maybe an act of God where you know, a dramatic event in your life where things are really hard and you, and you turn to the church in that way. Um, things are about to change with your marriage or getting married here, so maybe things will change. But is that is that a pretty good summary of you know your your experience with why why maybe you're not attending? Yeah, while you were saying that, I think that it, it inherently you go to church whenever you're young because you don't really know much about the world, and then there's a point in your life where you gain a lot of knowledge. And you have an interpretation of the world, but then life is about living each every single day, and in each day you learn something new. And perhaps maybe where there is a disconnect between the church and everyday life, you know, generally speaking, is that when you go and you have children, or something happens to your child, or you know something that you've never experienced just occurs that you don't know how to interpret it. I think the real opportunity for the church is to help people make sense of those things by relating it back to God rather than constantly just saying what God was saying in the Bible. That might be potentially where the disconnect is, is that it's, it's not relatable to what's happening today those scriptures were written a very long time ago. It doesn't mean that those situations are any different then than what they are now, but I don't think people are making the connection as to why those things are important and how those impact your everyday life, even if nothing serious happens in that, in that day. I mean, it could be as simple as just taking a moment and stopping from whatever it is that you're doing to take a moment and reflect on if you were a good person or not. I just think that uh, things are a little bit more complicated than what they need to be through the way that the church tries to teach. And uh, as evidenced by the statistics, things are not going in the direction that they, they had once been. Well, I think that's, um, I think that's certainly valuable feedback. And, um, you know, we, we really appreciate you making the time. You're certainly the guinea pig on this. Um, looking forward to doing more and seeing if we can certainly solve this challenge. So thanks a lot, Guy, and we'll uh, talk soon. Thank you, Jake. Glad to help, and thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, and please check out stanway.org. That's S-T-A-N-W-A-Y.org to learn more about how we're applying artificial intelligence to Christianity.